welcome back to We Are the Batman. I'm Mike. This is Matthew. Uh, so we are here for part one. That's right, part one of our breakdown of The Dark Knight as our monthly movie breakdown. Why are we doing part one? Because it's The Dark Knight, guys. Look, we... <laughs> <laughs> These all these breakdowns already tend to get pretty long, and this is the dark night. So we decided to break it up into two parts. Part two will drop next week. Part one, we're going to focus on three things in particular in each episode. Part one is going to be performances, the story, and the visuals. So we're going to talk about everything to do with the acting, everything to do with the uh, the plot and the story of the of the movie, and then everything that you see on screen. So kind of like the we're, we're today we're going to be talking about the visual aspect of the movie going experience basically what is actually on screen next week is when we're going to get into things like the production the writing the behind the scenes the development and really talk about this movie from a non in front of the camera standpoint that way we can have some time because there's a lot to delve into with this movie on all of these fronts i mean rightfully we could probably do an entire episode about each one of those six things so we figured this was a cool way to break it up a little bit so we're not dropping like a four-hour episode on you guys because let's be honest matt and i ain't got the time <laughs> well and also like you know batman begins i think we thoroughly covered it but that was a two-hour episode i think we we need to keep them hour hour 15 yeah. hour 20 max so a lot not, even for me <laughs> yeah not even sure how far this is going to go or how long this is going to go but i was like let's start out saying it's we're, two parts yeah, but then what could happen is that we have nothing to say, and for some reason we drop a two-hour episode anyway, and we edit it together. So, <laughs> and you guys will never know the difference because I'm going to edit around it so good you won't even know, you won't even know because because we're, we're just that good. You might not be hearing any part of this conversation, or you are because I got lazy. Who knows? Yeah. So that's where that's where that's how things are going to go with the Dark Knight because this is such a such a landmark of a Batman film it would be remiss of us to really leave any stone uncovered uh, as, as we cross it. Before we, before we get into it though, we haven't done this in a bit, Matt, how you doing, man? Man, I ain't got nothing to complain about. What are you doing, brother? What's been up with you? I've been busy. October has been a busy month with this show and, and it was a busy month for comedy. It's, it's just been busy, 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 busy. What, what have, what have you been watching? Anything, anything new or interesting lately? Uh, Loki season two, so far in my opinion, yeah. better than season one. I wasn't the, exactly the biggest fan of season one, so I'm digging season two. Um, I like season then, one. I I didn't lose my mind for it like everybody did, but I feel like if I go back and rewatch it now and then go right into season two, I might have a different appreciation for it because I am really liking season two. Yeah, I think season one suffered what a lot of streaming show suffer you had a four episode show and they made you extend it to six like i think there's two of those episodes yeah. of the first season where i'm like we we could have just skipped this well also you know loki was was one of the first things that that the pandemic really screwed over because the pandemic and but also the firing of james gunn initially through the entire people forget that like phase four got thrown all out of whack yeah Phase four's entire release schedule had to get completely reworked, which meant stuff had to get done sooner than it was meant to be because Loki wasn't supposed to come out when it did. I think the first show was supposed to be Falcon Winter Soldier and it just wasn't ready. So they Loki was just kind of the best they could do with season one. It was still pretty good, but season two. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 recording this now. We're about a little more than halfway through. I think we just had episode four 
three. Yes, three just came out. Four comes out Thursday. Yeah, and it's been very good so far. I I, I think it's gotten better with every episode. So, yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. Other than that, I've been I've, I've been watching a ton of stuff on like 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 the, like the PBS app because there's just a lot of cool stuff there. I just watched a uh, one hour doc about Jim Henson, and I consider myself a massive Muppets fan. Did not know some of those things about the history of the Muppets. So it was it was a really good it was a really cool one hour thing on PBS. Also binged the first season of Broadchurch. If you haven't seen Broadchurch, it's David Tennant and Olivia Coleman in like a detective murder mystery in a small town. And it's very good. Very excellent. I cannot recommend it enough. I've, I've wanted to watch it and I just haven't decided if it's too dark for my wife and I to watch or if we should do it together or separate. I'm not sure. You guys are parents, so it's hard to say because like and this is like the baseline of the entire season one, but basically a child is found. Yeah. dead and they're trying to figure out how he died but then they don't know how he died he's just dead so as parents you might react to it a bit differently it, it does go to some dark places it's not a graphic show though because i mean it, it's it, it's aired it aired on pbs so yeah. like it's not graphically violent language nudity sex anything like that i think there's like one episode of one scene where like this couple is in a hotel after they hooked up the night before and they're just like, yep, yeah, sex was great. Cool. And then we move on. Yeah. No. You, but you guys are parents. So I don't know how you'll react to some of the stuff in the show as opposed to how I did. So. I don't know. We just finished watching this documentary on Netflix called The Killing Fields. I don't okay. know if you've heard about this, but it's this section of Texas that is between Houston and Galveston, which is south from us, that is even though so much progress has happened, it's empty. And, you know, like in the area of 20 different women have been found there dead. And it's just how, like, like there was three within 40 yards of each other. And it was the different serial killers using this area to dump bodies. And you have this moment where you're like, yeah, we drive through that place anytime we go in that area. You know, you go to Galveston, we drive right through with this place. And it's like, yeah, you can, it's, I can totally tell like you're driving and it's Houston, it's commerce. You get into a certain area and then suddenly it just opens up and there's nothing for about 20, 30 minutes. And then you get to Galveston and you're like, yeah, if you just veered off, you could literally veer off the highway, dump a body, drive off and no one's ever going to find that body. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> messed up, but it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those. Because I'm sorry, I'm super into I'm super into, into that stuff. So like you you tell me that like I'm gonna be like, oh my god, oh no, and I'm just like, that's so cool. It's unfortunately a prime example of the cops just not knowing what to do and handling everything poorly. Yeah, to the point where you're just like, I don't know how you guys drop the ball that bad. Like to like one of the guy because it's like the dad of one of the first victims, and he's like, hey. If this is happening, maybe this thing, like his, his daughter's found, and then like mm -hmm. six months later, and somebody goes missing, and he's like, "You guys should go back to that place where my wife, my daughter was found. I bet you you'll find evidence." And they don't. And by the time they go find her there, it's been so long, all the evidence is gone because it's uh, you of know. Course. So that's where you get to this, like, yeah, the cops just, you know, is this crazy old man crazy? Maybe, but maybe just what's it going to take? Five minutes to go see what he's talking about. 
it's like stuff like that. And it was, it was really good, but it's also dark. So yeah. all that to say, like we enjoyed it. So the broad church thing. Yeah. I just started season two, so I can't comment on that yet. But season one was, I, I was like, Oh, I'll watch a couple episodes. Cause I love David Tennant and I love Olivia Coleman. I yes. was like, I'll watch a, fr- I'll, I'll watch a couple episodes and see how I do. Cause it was like, it was like nine o'clock. And I was like, I want to be up all night. No, I watched like the first five episodes. I was up so late. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I like David Tennant a lot. And he was great in Ahsoka, but if you haven't seen yeah. staged, that show is fun. I haven't yet. No, I really want to. It's so good. All right, so good. cool. We got to get into the dark night. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's talk about this guys. So like I said, today we're focusing on the performances. We're focusing on the story and the visuals, everything that we see on screen, the movie as it is as a movie. Let's, let's get into the, the, the performances first and foremost on this. Cause it's, it's, I think the best thing to do is talk about the characters and then the story, those characters lead and then what that story looks like. And, and I think we should just go ahead and, and tackle the big dog first. Christian Bale is Batman in this. If you liked him in the Batman begins, I think you're going to like him in this, even though maybe he could have more to do in the movie. <laughs> I I think so from what I read, he didn't do that voice. That's a post-production thing. Yes. That that has long been confirmed. It was digitally done. So because there's no way you could do that as much as he does and not destroy your vocal cords. Yeah. So as much as I, it doesn't bother me. What made it worse is that every time he would talk, my teenager, when she was there, she'd like giggle. It's it's very <laughs> memeable. Like it doesn't bother me the way it does some people, depending on what the lines are. And I think the Dark Knight Rises is where I think it it's a bit more off putting. But there's a couple times where where the delivery is just not all it could be. Like when he's talking to the Joker at the end, and he's like, "This city just showed you it's full of people ready to believe in God." that that delivery ah man (laughs) please tell me you guys couldn't do one more take i don't know it's look christian bale when he's when he gets to act when he gets to be like bruce wayne or bruce wayne with the veil dropped is where it's like ah yes this is why you cast him to play this character when he's batman in the movie it kind of just depends on the scene well and i think look you know, I, not to be like, oh, I've been there, but you know, I have. I've cosplayed Batman in a couple different scenarios. Yeah. And that cowl, if you really pay attention, it's barely above his lip mm-hmm. and then lets his chin reveal. There's very little of his actual face you see. He can barely talk. Well, and I think what it is, is he can't breathe. Yeah. Because the, if you look at his nose, his nose has a kind of a downward point. And because they tried to completely cover it up. Oh, it's you're like right. They, it does. It's like they had to encase it instead of just putting it along. Because if you look at. They um, had to make it fit his face. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at Battinson, his, the bottom of his cowl is open. Yes. And it's most also of the got, time. It's got, it's got the cuts in the back where it hits the jawline. It's got more room underneath the chin. Well, they learned some. They did the same thing with Bale. Bale's was much more cut away. His barely had a lower half at all. You mean Affleck? Who's what did I say? Bale. <laughs> so Bale again. I'm so dumb. Yes, Affleck. Yeah, they cut oh. 
the lower part of his away almost entirely because he's got because he's got that jaw. Both of those guys have the jaw. Christian Bale, very good looking dude, super talented, doesn't exactly have the most pronounced jaw. And I think they're filling it in with the cowl. And I think because of that, it inhibits his his ability to act and his ability to breathe. And I think that's where sometimes it's like, I I mean, this is where in my, my experience with the cowl, like if you have to take that cowl off, it's a process. And then in that process, you're messing up the makeup you're going to have to do. So I don't know if now you're running against the clock and you just have to do whatever it is you can do to get this done. Maybe. And at that point, like, I feel like then just, ADR it. I don't know. It's that there's a couple times where I'm just like, man, I don't well, know what it's, you're it's, doing. This this is kind of the first, but it won't be the last time they make a a questionable choice in terms of a, a character's voice audio. But we'll get to that when we talk about another movie. It's it's look. It's one of those. His voice has never bothered me to the degree that people act like it does is it incredible said is it incredibly memeable absolutely it's when you look at it from an outsider's point of view yeah it's kind of hilarious but it ultimately has never like it's people act like it ruins the movie for them and i'm like if that's all it takes to ruin a movie for you don't go to the movies like yeah that that is that that is an same thing with with okay so like like with bane in the dark knight rises is it my favorite choice no Am I able to live with it? Yeah, it's that that's not enough to make me not like a movie. So Bale's Batman voice being what it is, I think ultimately his performance continues from what we like about him in Batman Begins into this movie. I think for the most part, I think I think the cowl restricts his performance as Batman. And I think to me personally, I, I mentioned this to you on the phone is like, Having watched the Batman and seeing how the design of that cowl actually allowed Robert Pattinson to act through it. Yeah. And then you go back to this movie that's like you barely see his eyes and you barely see his face. You he can't do he can't any kind of emote. There's no acting. And I think that's where I take a little bit of issue is so my big thing is. A lot of people tend to say Batman Begins is a Batman movie and The Dark Knight is a Joker movie. And so I did some research on time. Do you want to get into this right now? Yeah, sure. This this is what we're here to talk about. So let's let's, wait. wait, Is this about the production of the movie or like? No, no, no. This is time. Like time there in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about we're talking about the movie itself. So let's let's yeah, let's let's talk about it. So according to this website. Batman slash Bruce Wayne has 35 minutes, 37 minutes of screen time. Now, I don't know how they calculated that because when I calculated it, I had about 40 of Batman by himself. So I'm thinking they must have like clocked every time he's on the screen and not over the shoulder shots. Yeah, because those could be stand in. So they were probably going by like ones where you can tell 100 percent it's him. Yeah, which is kind of weird because I'm like, look, when the angle changes, we don't discredit Batman being in the movie. (laughs) True. There, that there, there also might be a technicality thing with there because there's all kind there. There's always, especially nowadays in the digital age, there's hidden edits everywhere for actors getting replaced. So, well, my point more is this hour, this movie clocks at two thirty. I'm pulling a hundred and fifty-two minutes. So that is that. That's two. Yeah, two thirty. 
So two thirty. So, so that also includes credits. So let's figure let's figure two twenty. Yeah. So that means forty ish minutes of this movie Batman's in. Yes. And I'll give you maybe twenty ish of Bruce Wayne. Sure. So of two and a half hours, he's only in one of them. Yes. And that's where I have that whole thing of like, this is the titular character. This movie's not called Gotham Adventures or the Siege of Gotham. This is called The Dark Knight. Yeah. And I kind of feel like he doesn't get much to do like you were alluding to before, but he's also like he's missing from the movie for 20 and 30 minute chunks of time. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I think not to skip ahead too much. I think Aaron Eckhart does a great job as Harvey Dent. But yes. I wish he was in Batman Begins so we didn't have to introduce him, develop him, turn him evil, and let him be a bad guy all in one yeah. movie. You know, I, I look, look. Tim Burton had the right idea. Set him up as a character in the first one. We can make him Two-Face later. Yeah. And and I, that's why my, you know, whenever we talk about pitching stuff for, for, for Two-Face and Harvey Dent, my thing is always have a movie of just Harvey Dent. Don't try to do Harvey and Two-Face in one because Harvey alone as a character is interesting enough to develop on his own and then let Two-Face have his time to shine on, on, on his own. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. In hindsight in 2020, ah, man, they really should have had Harvey Dent uh, in that first one. But they also set up for Harvey Dent and Batman Begins by killing off the DA. Yeah. So... I, I appreciate that they set up for Harvey Dent in a separate movie. It would have been nice for Harvey Dent to still get his own movie, which again, this is more of a Dark Knight Rises conversation that we've been having, but it makes me wonder what the original plan for the third movie would have been if they had decided to continue on yeah. with Harvey Dent and Two-Face. And that's why I think I kind of lean into the whole, I think each one of these movies, they didn't think they were doing another so you're just concentrating on this one. So you didn't know you were doing the Dark Knight. So Batman Begins, you don't think about, I've got to put Harvey Denton here because i got to set him up for the next movie. Right. But at the same time, like I think Christian Bale, with when he gets to do things, does really, really well. I just mm -hmm. wish for me personally, as a comic book fan, as a Batman fan, like, look, it's really neat that he does this pretend thing of pulling a bullet out of a wall and somehow digitally recreates a fingerprint. 100% bullshit. But... I I it's have cool. watched I have watched this movie a lot. So, I mean, I saw it in theaters four times. I've seen <laughs> this movie a lot. That scene, and I pride myself on being a pretty smart guy. The whole thing with the bullet in the bricks has never made any sense to me whatsoever. I have watched though I have watched the movie just to watch those scenes. And to watch them like on a loop, like what in the dialogue am I missing that is not make this is not making any sense to me? Do you I want me to explain nothing. it? <laughs> can, can you please? Yes. I think there's just too many things being left up to assumption in those scenes. It needed like two other lines of dialogue. Okay. So he's basically pulls the brick out, knowing that this is what this bullet did to the brick, but cannot ascertain what kind of bullet it is so he can't reconstruct it correctly so I that machine that, what kind of bullet it is because it's completely shattered in a brick i'm going by script logic not real oh, so the bullet was shattered i so he's shooting different bricks 
with different types of bullets so that he can then digitally recreate the bullet, thus reconstructing the fingerprint. Okay, that's that's still dumb. <laughs> that oh, still yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it's um, it's BS, but it's, it's that I know enough to know that's bullshit. But but my whole thing is for, like it, it makes for a cool sequence, but not one that makes any sense. <laughs> also, this is one of those times in my mind of like, if he's doing Batman shit in the Batman cave, he needs to be dressed as Batman. To be fair, he's not in the back cave. He's in the basement okay. of whatever. Uh, you know what I mean. I understand they were trying to do the workaround with the whole like Wayne Manor still being rebuilt thing, and I, I think they. I think I was like, no, I'm cool with that. That part's cool. It's just you got. This is the best we could do with the design. Well, I just mean more. He should have been in the bat. Oh, suit. just in the bat suit more. Yes, oh, it's like, okay. I just, I just, I just felt like the whole, the whole basement bat basement thing was a little too minimalist by half. I was like, it could, it was, it was too big for what little stuff they had in there. I guess yeah. is what I'm getting at. That was a bit, much, but my whole thing is like, there are times when he's doing stuff that like he should just be dressed as Batman. You know, like any time in the, in the comic, comic, all the time. Yeah. He might have the cowl off and he's doing stuff in the suit. And I feel like that's where this movie in particular, there's a lot where I'm like, he could have just been, even if he's half in the suit, like I'm not trying to, let's not compare, but I'm going to is like, like age of Ultron Avengers age of Ultron. Anytime Captain America's talking, he's in the suit or if he's not in the suit, he's like in the pants and it's obvious he took the top off, but he's still in most of his suit. Yeah. He's wearing like a sports blue shirt to show off the buff. But that's where my opinion is like, have him in the pants and maybe just part of the suit. And he's not wearing the glove so he can touch things. And he doesn't have the cowl on, but he may have the cape over his shoulders. Like this is where to me, like it's still a comic book movie. Like he needs to be Batman. He's doing Batman things. And that's where I just, to me, I'm like, does he just get back and like, oh, the suit sucks and rips it off (laughs) immediately? I don't know. (laughs) Well, look, we, we we brought him up. Let's talk about him a little bit. Let's talk about Aaron Eckhart as as Harvey Dent and Two Face in this, because I think I think he gets over criticized, but and overlooked. Because I think Aaron, I think had we gotten to see Aaron Eckhart's take on Harvey Dent and Two Face far more fleshed out over multiple films, I think it could have been something truly special. What we get is a nice sample size of both. I think. But man, did I want more, you know, like I really wanted time with this guy, with these two characters, especially, or one, however you want to look at it over multiple movies to where it really could have breathed more because of what we got was cool. But man, it left me like, I was like, ah, that wasn't, that wasn't enough. This wasn't an appetizer. This was just like a tease. I, I really like him in this movie. I think what would have been a little more intriguing because I think it's a weird turn is like a little more people thinking he may be Batman. Yeah. They don't play into that as much. I know that was was kind of their way of saying, well, we're not doing the holiday killer. So instead of people thinking that Harvey Dent's the holiday killer, let's have them thinking that Harvey Dent's Batman. It was was a neat because because that's not that's not untreaded territory, but it does kind of just come and go pretty quick. Yeah. The fact that like when he's like, you know what? I'm the Batman. Take the Batman into custody. And they're like, okay, And they just cuff him. I'm like, did you guys suspect like if 
that made no sense to me. Like, there's no yeah. way anyone's like, oh, you are Batman? Let me cuff you. No evidence? Whatever. I just yeah. felt like sometimes those story beats, you know, you, you have to get the story going. It's okay. It, like, it doesn't bother me a lot, except, like, it would have been neat to see. Like, I know, like, Rachel knows for sure he's not. Bruce Wayne yeah. knows for sure. But it'd be neat if Gordon was like, you know, oh, you want to meet him? What's wrong with meeting him? Oh, I, I honestly thought you might be him. But yes, if you want to meet him, you know, just a little anything, a little more that could have been a, it's dialogue drops. You don't have to do whole scenes about it, but just yeah. maybe have something about, you know, like Harvey Dent has gone so hard on crime. We're really starting to be- wonder if he could be the Batman as well. Like the criminals talk about it. Well, even just to have, have that narrative. Talking about it. You can have the yeah. cops talking about it. Like we keep having dirty cops getting busted. And then we got Harvey Dent going because he's a former internal affairs guy now going, you know, hard anti-corruption DA. Everyone could be like, there's no way he's not Batman. Yeah. You know? So I think that was, and I think he, I mean, he's similar size as Christian Bale. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, and given what they do with it. So I think he does a really good performance. I think he is overshadowed big time by Heath Ledger. But, That's the other part. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, he's great. Yeah. It's, it's, I think you're absolutely right. I think that and this kind of goes to like what I was talking about with the bolt thing is like, I feel like because, because the other thing I got to remember to is this is Christopher Nolan. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about with Batman Begins was Batman Begins was Christopher Nolan doing a comic book movie. The Dark Knight is where this trilogy becomes Christopher Nolan doing a Christopher Nolan movie about Batman. Yeah. So this is where, like, this is where, this is the first movie where we really start to see some of the Christopher Nolanisms come into the forefront, which is he sometimes likes to leave things a little too ambiguous, a little too up in the air and a little too unspoken and just implied even a tiny bit. And sometimes I think he plays things a little too close to the chest with story to where it's like you, you could have gotten that across with one line of dialogue and, and like, I understand you want to be clever and that's cool. But there's there's a difference between being clever and thematic and just omitting information. All right, we, we you, you brought him up. I think we should. I think we should. You invoked the name. <laughs> Heath Ledger is the Joker. I, I don't know if there's anything more we can say that I don't know what else to say. <laughs> what are we? What is what? What can we say that's not been said? It's a, it's a life changing, world altering, industry changing performance nothing has shaken the film and comic book industry in quite the way that heat ledger's performance as the joker has it became the new standard uh, beside which all live action performances will be compared for the for decades to come i it's 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 a master class in in what can go wonderfully right and horribly wrong with method acting yeah, I think he's he's outstanding. It, you know, I, I my only kind of anecdote about him is I remember when he was announced, and one of my acting buddies was like, "What do you think of your big comic book fan? What do you think of Heath Ledger being cast as Joker?" And I was like, "You know what? I've seen two of his movies. I haven't seen him do anything that makes me think he can do it, but I haven't seen him do anything that makes me think he can't do it. So we'll just have to see." And uh, yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. 
No, I mean, I'd seen A Knight's Tale and The Patriot. <laughs> so, I, you know, I didn't watch any of his. Well, there was yeah. that rom-com he had done. I think I saw that. I think they had about you. Yeah. So I really didn't, like, I didn't see Atonement. I didn't see some of these other movies. So I wasn't, like, super against the idea. I thought it was a weird choice just because he had traditionally been the leading man. Yeah. But I, I think it's. Yeah, we, sometimes when you have something like this, like, you know, who didn't after this want to be the villain of every single movie? Like, soon after this, I got to be the villain of a movie. And I had a ball just being the most evil villain ever. But I'd love to tell you what that movie is, but I don't want to because now it can be seen. So anyway. <laughs> I, I when, when he was announced as playing the Joker, I had only ever seen him in The Patriot and 10 Things I Hate About You. So I was just like, huh? Uh, oh, okay. Cause I tried to watch a night's tale. I hate a night's tale. I hate that movie. I think that movie sucks on a rope. That movie to me is like, it's like a four loco. It's like, why would you do that to yourself? That's just asking for pain. Don't do it, that to yourself. It's, it's what I called a, a get on the ride. If, if, if you can get on the ride, it's fun. If you can't get on the ride, it's a horrible no, movie. I can't. It's just it's and and I say that as somebody who willingly watches League of Extraordinary Gentlemen at least once a year. I cannot watch a Knight's Tale. I hate that movie. Anyway, so when he was announced as as Joker, I was I was one of the millions of people who was like absolutely fucking not. You know. But I remember when you know that those first like viral marketing things started to come out they kept his appearance so secret they you they were like you don't get to see what he fucking looks like until we want you to i remember that first trailer it was just the bat logo zooming in with three pieces of dialogue you heard bruce wayne say something i forget what it was you hear Michael Caine Alfred say some men just want to watch the world burn. And then you hear Heath Ledger's Joker say, help I think me. It's why so serious. It's something it's one of it's one of his it's it's one of his those lines. I, I, I'm now yeah. suddenly drawn a total blank. And that was the trailer. And it was that that trailer, that teaser alone had me as a kid. Uh, suddenly I, I lost all doubts. Gone. No more yeah. doubts. Gone. I was sitting, it was the first day of the spring semester of my freshman year of college. I was sitting in my last class of my first day at like 5 p.m. And somebody was on their laptop and the news broke that Heath Ledger had died. I was, Mm. I remember exactly where I was sitting. My first reaction was, did he finish filming The Dark Knight? I think that's a lot of people's first reaction. And they they confirmed in the paragraph. They they said that Christopher Nolan had confirmed he had already completed his work. The movie was, you know, I didn't understand how how I didn't understand how movies worked back then because there's some idiots right now who are screaming at this podcast like it was six months away. Of course he was done. Like I didn't know that back then. Yeah. Now in retrospect, but anyway, it was one. Of those, so once he did, so once I found out he had it, it was done, I was like, okay, cool. Now everybody can be sad, and the rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> and Gary. I mean, what else can we say? I mean, Gary Oldman continues to be as flawless as Gordon in this one as he is in Begins. I, I dare say Gary Oldman's uh, role grows bigger in this movie, and it's he. I think he he plays that part expertly. 
Morgan Freeman as Lucius is is amazing on every frame of screen time he gets. Michael Caine, flawless performance. I do want to I do want to mention David Dasmalchin shows up as which in a, such a great scene. This is right when people were starting to know who the hell he was. Yeah, he hadn't he hadn't gotten any kind of like I don't say star power, but clout yet. This was one of those first things that made people really start paying attention to to, to David Dasmalchin, and now he's been in all kinds of comic book stuff, and we all love he's so good in Oppenheimer he's so good in Oppenheimer for like five minutes of screen time (laughs) we get who is it that plays Eric Roberts shows up in this Michael J White shows up in this we get a a random appearance from Senator Patrick Leahy who is a renowned Batman fan like he's a massive comic book fan loves Batman has written word for the Dark Knight Archives, which was a collection of the first four Batman comic books. He's in all three of the of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight movies. He's in BVS. He loves comic books and loves Batman, which I think is super cool. You might have noticed there's one person's name I haven't mentioned yet. Well, before we get to that, I want to I'm going to bring up two people real quick. Oh, please do. Yes. I love that Killian Murphy came back for that oh, yes. small part. Me too, just, because he is so criminally underused in this trilogy. Yeah, the fact that, I mean, dude, you could have just not been there and let somebody else do everything, and they never take the mask off. The fact that they take the mask off, to me, goes, no, he did all of that. That's great. You know what um, I will say? That that opening, that opening Batman thing in the parking garage of Scarecrow was one of the most Batman things to ever happen on screen. That was the opening to an episode of the animated series in live yes. action. That was that sequence is incredible. <laughs> and the other one that always cracks me up just because I remember him from a different show was Nestor Carbonell as the mayor. Oh, yeah. The, the guy who played, who made, played Batman well on The Tick. Yes. And yeah. He just because he played a similar <laughs> character to that in a different show with, I can't remember the name of the show. Oh, he with, did. Uh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The one with the, the, the model from the 80s. Rap. I know what you're talking about anyway. But um, yes, I think he plays this perfect, like this, yeah, this is a politician. Like he's just, you know, he's like, you're going after the mob. You better not have anything on you because you go up against them. They're going to come after you. Every, all of you. And you're just like, dude, like, yeah, I'd he's, vote for this guy. I want him to be so my weirdly mayor. good. He's same thing in dark Knight rises. He's so weirdly good in this role. It's really easy. Yeah, it's like I buy this. Uh, th- even though I don't know what it is with him in the eyeliner, I need I need that to stop. I but, think uh, he's just Mexican, and that's a God given talent. No. <laughs> Suddenly, Susan. Suddenly, Susan is what. It was that's called. right. Yeah. Oh, and also, I was just briefly mentioned uh, Anthony Michael Hall, and it pops up in this thing from uh, Breakfast Club fame as um, reporter Mike Engel, who eventually gets off by the Joker. All right, so now we have to talk about it. Because we still haven't mentioned it. We've mentioned everything possible. Do you want me to do my bit or do you want to just bring it up? I'm just going to say this. Look, I like Maggie Gyllenhaal. I, and I think she's an improvement over Katie Holmes by a considerable amount. I just, I feel like they just never knew what to do with this character. And that it should have, A, this should have just been Gilda, Gilda dead, number one character wise number two maggie gyllenhaal while i like her she's just not good in this movie i just i don't buy her 
at any given time. She has no chemistry with either Christian Bale or Aaron Eckhart whatsoever. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what the selection process was for her. Maybe she just screen tested really freaking well, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not into her in this movie. I never have been. And I hate it because I like her in so many other things. She's one of the few things about Donnie Darko. I actually like, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't like her in this. I think there were other choices they could have made with this character for who this character could be. And for from a story perspective, as well as a character perspective, and I just, I don't know what, I, I don't know how Maggie fell into getting this role. And I'm so glad she's a much better actress than this movie suggests, because this is not her best performance by any stretch of the imagination. Again, I just feel bad for Christopher Nolan. But it's just what, why, why, why <laughs> did they get, why does he get stuck with these horrible actresses in these two movies? Oh. Like, yeah, look, look. This is the one I was looking up because, because and I know we're not on Dark Knight Rises, but when he gets, oh my God, what's her name? Marion Cotard. Marion Cotard. She's fantastic. That's why yeah. she's in like every Christopher Nolan movie now. And then also Anne Hathaway crushes it in, in Dark Knight Rises as well. Yeah. I don't know why he just couldn't, he could not win for losing when it came to this character in this trilogy. Well, Cause this is what I was, I was kind of looking it up earlier is Monica Gabriella Crenen. I guess I'm going to probably butcher her name. She plays Ramirez in this movie. Oh yeah, she's good. She was in the show called The Unusuals, and that's how I I kind of realized, like, oh wait, I know her. Mm. She's fantastic in that show. I think for what little she has in this, she does great. She's right there. <laughs> Did, were you just afraid that people are going to be mad that you switch ethnicities of freaking Maybe Rachel? Just, well, I mean, there is that. It would be weird to switch the ethnicity of a character mid trilogy, but also you've got to figure Maggie Gyllenhaal at least had pull. People knew who she was. You know, she's a bigger star. She was a bigger star. Whether, I know, whether I know. It, it, she just was a bigger, it, she was easier to bill. I just don't, like you said, I think she's terrible in this movie. I think, yeah. I don't know how she got this film. I can't, I don't personally think she's any better or worse than Katie Holmes. And like, uh, look, Katie Holmes looks like she's an infant, but at least she looks like a cute infant. I don't find Maggie Gyllenhaal attractive at all. So it's just this weird thing of like, I don't get why she's in this movie. And it makes it even more infuriating because like, I'm like, they write the character weird. Look, yeah, it's how it's written. It's how it's written. I think is, is part of the problem too. I just, I feel like I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I wonder, I wonder sometimes what the decision was to, to, come up with this a original character you had no basis for. And I think that's ultimately where it's, it's because Rachel's a completely original character to this entire thing. She's based on no one from the comics. She does not exist outside of this trilogy. And so I think because this is Christopher Nolan doing comic book property, which he's not well versed in outside of Batman begins this is him struggling to write an original comic book character into a comic book property and finding that, Oh man, it's harder than I thought. Is well, what and, I think is what I think it is. And I, and like my thing is, I don't understand why she has the romance with Aaron Eckhart. I think, I think it's just because he was pulling so heavily from long Halloween and he was trying. And that's why I said the character should have just been Gilda. If they were, if they needed another female lead, it should have just been Gilda 
forget yeah. about forget about Rachel. Move on from Rachel and just have it be and just have whatever relationship melodrama you need be between Harvey and Gilda, like in the long Halloween. That's what you're because outside of that, everything else with Harvey is like straight out of long Halloween. Well, or just make it two separate characters, mm-hmm. like make a Gilda, make a Mac, make a Rachel. Like she, she does, she does nothing in this movie. In my opinion, at least in the first movie, she was active and doing stuff. Yeah, she was. She doesn't do anything but confuse dudes and like. She gets fridged. But also like. (laughs) She gets fridged. She gets, she gets fridged. Hold on. (laughs) You may have to cut this out, but I'm sorry. She's a skank. She's. I am cutting this out, but please get it out of your system. Well, no, like, look. <laughs> no, I, I 100% agree. She's she's with Harvey. She told Bruce it's not happening, but she's staying with Harvey, but she's still, like, holding out this thing for Bruce, and then she kisses Bruce up on the balcony. Hey, let me take it then, back. I'm sorry. You're right. I can't start it with skank. I'm sorry. Yeah. Where are we? Okay, 44-15. Yeah. I think the problem with her is not only is her acting – annoying but the character gets annoying because it's like you told bruce wayne you were going to wait for him this movie according to everything i've read is a six to nine month timeline after the first film so yeah i think i mean you you keep talking while i look at that to be sure yeah so so let's just say it's nine months okay so to get to a point where she's actively sleeping with another dude let's just be Let's say she's been dating Harvey to the point that he's actually asked her to marry him for four months. Is that a safe assumption? Sure. Okay. So that means if it's nine months, five months after she told somebody, when you're done being Batman, I'll be with you. She starts dating some other guy and then won't tell Bruce when he says, Hey, he knows they're together. And then he's like, Hey, I'm going to be done to be Batman. We can be together. And she's like, well, I'm with him now. She just goes back and forth. And I don't think it's Maggie's fault, but it paints her even worse because she's going back and forth between these two the entire time. And I just kind of feel like that's a, that's a bad call. That's a, I don't like that at all. It just, well, to me, it just doesn't I- make any sense. I think that kind of feeds into my point about like, this is this Christian uh, or Christopher Nolan doesn't know comic books. He, this is what he thinks comic book love interests are, 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 this is what he thinks they are. This is what, this is how he thinks. But again, that this is just showing. And again, this is, I I love Christopher Nolan. I love this movie, but this, it's, it's the flaws in this movie that show where, Christopher Nolan's weaknesses are when it comes to this trilogy, because the, the, the moments where these movies are flawed are the times where Christopher Nolan's lack of comic book experience shows or his see, and I can't dislike, I mean, I I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell, but his brother's there and David Goyer's there. Like it's not just him. That's where I have to go. Like David Goyer is seriously versed. He is the director. And yeah. it's, it's also Christopher Nolan. Like it's, this is Christopher Nolan. It's, it's, he's the director. He's the captain. Ultimately he's the one who signs off on this stuff. Yeah. So, so I think, I think the characters handled bad. I think she's cast poorly. I mean, I can't, 
off the top of my head right now, I can't think of anybody who you could have put in that. I mean, you know, look, Carla Gacchino is good in everything. Just make her do it. I know she's, she, I don't so know if she was right age at the time, but whatever. Here's the time. I got the time frame here. So this is straight from IMDb. So, cause there's, cause the joke, the Joker says when he meets with the mob, he says a year ago, these cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. Correct. So that means it's been a le- at least a, at least a year since Batman came onto the scene. I, I, I took it with. as a year ago before he was around. You guys could do what you want. That's what I took it as. Like something's changed. Well, it, in the past well, year. So the, th- the thing on here says it's at least a year, but not much more than that, if any. So, no. so let's, let's, let's just call it a hard year. Okay. Let's call it a hard year. Yeah. That's still a pretty short amount of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but yeah, suffice to say, if there's one, if there, if I could put my finger on one misstep with this movie, it's it's the character of Rachel Dawes, both in casting and in writing. I think it was just a poor casting choice for a poorly written character that he clearly didn't have much interest in doing anything with because he just kind of lets her be there. So it I, is I think it is. I think he was tired of dealing with bad casting. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to kill her. <laughs> well, again, deal with her anymore. <laughs> Should have just been Gilda. Should have just, if you're just going to kill her off, it should have just been Gilda or, or even like, I even say, look, if she's, if she's an assistant DA, you could easily figure out a way for Gilda and Rachel to be together and they both get killed, thus causing more of a thing of Harvey Dent and Batman going after Joker. Oh, I just wrote it. Oh, I just wrote it. Oh, I just wrote (laughs) it. I just wrote it. Okay. Gilda and Harvey are already divorced because he's now with Rachel and and whatever joker kidnaps gilda and rachel and makes harvey decide gives him the flipped addresses he goes to save whichever one thinking he's made the right choice and it still blows up kills both of them and he gets scarred as two-face boom did it i mean anything's better than what we got got. all right cool (laughs) moving on I probably just scared the crap out of my roommate screaming boom as loud as I did. <laughs> anyway, all right. Not so, the cast. I think everybody did well. I mean, there isn't besides Maggie. I don't think there's a bad performance in the entire yeah. thing. I like the bad guys. I like the guy who played Reese. I like the guy who played Chen, Che Chen. The guy who played Lau. He, oh, the guy who played Lau is so good. So slimy. Uh, cause he, well, cause he pops up in, he pops up in the MCU as one of the, 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 the board of directors of shield yeah. cause he shows up in, in winter soldier, the best MCU movie. And, uh, and then he just, he just pops up in other stuff. He's, he's a good villain. He's a, again, like when this movie goes full Batman, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's, 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 it's some of the best. I mean this, and that's, I want to be clear. Like I know, I know we, I know we give criticisms, but like, this is still like a, a an A an A tier a class A comic book movie. <laughs> like this is still like one of the best comic book movies ever made. And let's be honest, like most comic book movies, most movies in general don't do well with their female characters anyway. So no, they do not. Especially well, remember this was still two thousand and eight. Yes, yeah. we still hadn't. Iron Man had just come out like within a month of this. So like we're still. We talk about Batman Begins. Like Batman Begins opens the door for the MCU. The Dark Knight and Iron Man 
both being as good as they are is what really takes things to the next level. Because by the time the Dark Knight Rises come out, we've had the Avengers. Yeah. Which is wild. So let's get into let's get into the overall story of this thing. So you know, and obviously spoilers moved from 2008. Overall with the story, other you know, and we 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 touched on it, but I, I know they were really trying to modernize the detective aspect that they were pulling from the long Halloween with this one. We talked about this with the long Halloween too. Once you put the long Halloween in modern day, it doesn't quite work. And I think this is kind of an example of that where, yeah, once you start putting modern technology with the mystery, it makes the detective stuff a little like how how are we going to make this complicated? Because because with modern technology, someone like the Joker existing the way he does isn't exactly easy to write. Like it'd be so it'd be a little too easy to track him down. So you've got to come up with some you've got to come up with some 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 kind of hollywood bs storytelling way so so there's there's some comic booky suspension of disbelief with the story i think well, have you heard any of the theories about like who the joker really is that he's I've like heard a, of, i'm sure over the years i have i probably just deep special forces like the techniques and the tactics he uses yeah. to take them down as like cia level third world country destruction yeah so they're like dude he's x something <laughs> yeah i've heard some of those and i'm like i i'm like they're neat they're neat fan theories i don't think there's enough there to carry the weight per se i mean he could just be again this is modern day he could just be a nut job with google i mean well, we, all, and, we all remember the, the news story where the kid got busted, like researching how to make napalm in his school library. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't have a problem with that aspect of it. I think like you're saying the technology, like the whole bullet thing we discussed earlier, like sometimes it's like, or like DNA, you pulling DNA from a, a playing card within a day that takes, yeah. weeks, you know, yeah. and so especially in 2008. Yeah. Like this is where I think, this is where having Batman more active in this investigation makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, give me that he steals the card so he can do the thing. And somehow he has better technology. Like that that's, I hate to do this again, but like with the Batman, he's in every step of that investigation. He's there for the entire ride. And he's more often than not the one solving most of the things. To the point where it's pissing off the police. Yeah, and I think that's what is missing from here is, you know, again, give Batman more to do. Let him be around doing all the things um, Mm -hmm. instead of just like, oh, go to this country, beat him up, take these guys. But but I think I, I like the stuff they pulled for Harvey Dent. I just think that, you know, like I said before, is I think it's a Batman movie. I want to be watching Batman do Batman stuff. I don't want to watch the cops and you know, Harvey Dent and all these guys doing these things. Like anytime the Joker's on the screen, it's fantastic, but I should just be watching the Joker and then go to Batman. You know, I, I, I kind of disagree. Cause I mean, part of the, like, cause like the Gordon, the Gordon and Harvey stuff is part of like that original story element, like in long Halloween of like, taking on the Joker and and the organized crime aspect of Gotham in the light and in the dark. You know, you get to see the two sides of it and how they're co so from like a from a way of world building and inter and intertwining your A and B plot, I, I appreciate they're there. Where I think it gets a little it's 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 just with trying to update 
the 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 mystery is yeah. trying trying to modernize the mystery is where it's it, because that's just hard to do it's such a classic mystery style and it's less of a who done it and just more of a just who is this person and so i think sometimes the mystery of who the joker is overtakes the mystery of how do we stop him like of, yeah. of overtakes the mystery of what's he going to do next we get we spend a little too much time of him trying to figure out who joker is and it's like worry about who he is later yeah you just catch him first yeah. you can figure out who he is after you catch him well so, and i love that that part where mike you know where alfred's like telling him like there, there's you can't figure out what he's going to do like you're trying to logically yeah. figure out what the deal is and you can't because he's just doing stuff and he talks about it himself the joker later or even like at the end when <laughs> at one point he's like when you were going after that bandit in the forest how did you stop him and do you remember his response down. yeah we just burned the forest down and you're like that didn't solve anything but which which was the point i mean that's why it's it's the it's his delivery where he's like we burned the forest down he's like the only way we were able to catch him was to destroy everything. It's like you're if you want to stop this guy, you're gonna have to like and and that's where again, like I know we talk about the Batman, you know, Pattinson's Batman being the one the the Batman to have an arc. I think I think Bale's Batman has an arc, just not kind of it's more it's more dictated to us rather than shown to us you know what i mean like he learns a lesson because they tell us he he learned a lesson we don't see him learn the lesson but i do think that all the stuff with alfred and the life lessons in this movie are the best they are out of the three because they're great in batman begins and they're yeah. good in the dark knight rises but they're the best they are in this one the story about the bandit and how it relates to the joker is expertly told it's it, it's it's so very good it really is the lesson of the movie, which is there are some, there are people out there and that's something that, because, because that's, that's kind of the theme of the long Halloween is Batman needs to understand not every criminal out there makes sense. Yeah. The whole reason in the long Halloween, he says, I got into this to stop organized crime. And by the end of the long Halloween, he's come to understand. Yeah. Not all crime is going to be organized. And that's so that, and so that theme is still here present in the dark night. It's just more dictated to us than shown to us and that's that's it's fine well, I, it's there but it's not there the way i want it to be there well and i think some of that goes into what i was saying before is like when you have 20 20 25 minute chunks of time where you don't see batman or bruce wayne it's hard to follow along with what the crap is going on with him you know it's like he yeah. you don't get any you know this is this is where the the caption slot balloons help in comics like batman doesn't yes. have robin in these movies he can't talk to anybody tell anybody what he's doing but giving any idea of what's going on in his head would be nice but i think that's yeah i i feel like the whole death of rachel just seems like we're gonna be together and i would have loved to have seen him stand up and say i've got to pull out the stops because this has got to be done yeah. Just anything to see, like, this is how far he's willing to go. Because you get from his conversation with Lucius that this thing he's created is way beyond anything, even though that's the dumbest shit ever. Oh, oh, the the, the sonar thing at the end? Yeah, the machine that can find people. I don't know I, why you would need that. 
I <laughs> look. I I appreciated what they were going for. Yeah, I really did. I because because like Batman having like Gotham under surveillance is not a new thing. I, yeah. I appreciate that they were also trying to to kind of approach the 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 subject of maybe that's not okay though. Like, yeah. hey, Batman, that's cool. Maybe don't do that. That's that's kind of not okay. I I I don't know. I feel like there was another way to do that. That's that's always been where even for me, I'm like, mm, okay, yeah, that. Mm, I don't know. I just I don't suit. It's it's like the bolt and the brick thing. I don't I don't super buy it. That's where it's like I have to kind of turn my brain off and go comic book well, movie. Okay, this is <laughs> where for me he's not there yet. I don't see him yeah. getting that desperate. And that's where I feel oh, like I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, yeah. he, his part of this conversation is like, Lucius, you don't understand. He is, he's killed somebody close to me. He has now taken down Harvey. De- like, like we are here. I know you don't agree. This is what I'm telling you. You can do this, you know, to blow it up, whatever. Yeah. And I think that's what's missing sometimes in this movie is like, bec- again, I don't know if it's because it's cut, for time but there's just I no know. i don't feel i don't feel batman getting as desperate as he becomes at the end to the point where he's even going against gordon because i don't think i don't because to, to the best of my knowledge and i own all these movies hard copy and everything i don't think they put deleted scenes in any of them you know what i mean like christopher nolan i don't think is typically big on on releasing deleted scenes so it's entirely possible there's there's stuff that was cut because like i said it's already almost two and a half hours so you figure there's got to be something that was cut knowing the way christopher nolan is but yeah yeah, i don't know when when it cut when when him and gordon start coming to odds in that one scene that always was a little jarring to me when gordon straight pulls the gun on him i was like okay wait what are we got what are we doing here yeah wait what's why so I wonder if something, I, I do wonder, you, I, I'm kind of with you. I do wonder if something was cut or again, this is just his lack of experience with comic book adapting coming in. Does it, do we ultimately get where we need to get? Yeah. Is it, is it the most graceful of transitions? Not always. I, I think the biggest thing to remember with the dark Knight is that like the stuff that needs to hit hits in spades. The other stuff is better than most things, but sometimes isn't all that it could be. And I think, but I think those flaws tend to originate not from a so much a failure in filmmaking as it is just a filmmaker's inexperience with this kind of source material and an inexperience with adapting someone else's source material as well figuring out like and and yes you've got Dave S. Goyer and 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 Nolan's brother helping him as well but again Nolan's the the guy in the chair so ultimately it's his stuff uh, it's his decision I think too is at the same time like this is a very well paced movie the movie is like you said it's great we're nitpicking here a little bit on the some of the stuff oh yeah but this is this would be making a much bigger deal out of these things than they actually are. (laughs) What I think too is like, this is where I, I like up until the MCU really starts, the dark Knight is my number one comic movie of all time. It's probably like 
top five now because there's a couple of those things that I go like, yeah, top, some- like, like, oh, like comic book all over, like in general comic book movie, top five. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think that's fair. Yeah. But I think too, is like, this is that whole thing of like, this movie is one of those movies, in my opinion, that falls apart through rewatch. I wouldn't say falls apart. Well, I mean, maybe falls apart. is a little strong. It, it starts, you start, the flaws become more and more apparent the more you yes. watch it. And some movies, it's like, like the Winter Soldier. You, the more you watch it, the more you're like, ooh, that was neat. Oh, okay, I see. You know, it doesn't quite go down in my quality or like, but I think some of these movies, like the more you watch them and it just depends on like Batman begins, I think does it doesn't decrease in entertainment value up or down. The more you watch it, I think it gets better sometimes. And sometimes I watch it, I'm like, man, this is just fantastic. I think for this movie, the more I've watched it and I've watched it way too many times is I think some of the twists and turns and surprises are lost because you know, look, when I first saw this movie, I was, flabbergasted at the end because it was so good oh sure but yeah i think you're on the trip and you don't notice so i think that's part of what a lot of movies nowadays have a problem with is like when you made movies in the 30s 40s 50s even 60s there was not i'm gonna go watch this movie 15 times at home yeah that's a thing now and i think that's one of the problems in my opinion of this movie is that the rewatchability of this movie I think once you get over the so many, like Rachel dying, you're like, holy crap, what just happened? Mm-hmm. But now that you know, you're coming, you're like clocking like, okay, cool. I don't have to watch this chick anymore. <laughs> I, here's what, here's what I'll equate it to. And I think you kind of alluded to this, which is it's only because this movie is so rewatchable that you notice these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like these are, glaring problems with the movie these are things you notice after your 50th rewatch you know what i mean yeah like these are small problems with this movie these are problem this is this is the tiny little black scuff mark you have on the back of your left fender that you only know is there because you know it's because you're like you're the one that yeah. put it there and now you see it every time you look at your car even though no one else cares well and two this is where like this is all the batman stuff yeah like every scene with the joker is flawless like i can yeah. watch him walk into that room and pwn every single one of those mafia bosses and walk out every single day and not get tired of him walking in there that, Why should I get my boy here to rip your head off? That was, I think that was the scene that got him the Oscar, wasn't it? Wasn't that the one they showed at the Oscar? I mean, I mean, it, it should have been. I mean, pick a scene and give him the Oscar. But I think that's the one where I'm like, whenever I watch the movie again, that's the scene where I'm like, yeah, just give it to give him the Oscar. Give him another Oscar. Just give him another one. It's fine. <laughs> well, and it's also to go into that is like, it's not like he's so covered in prosthetics you don't realize who he is but his performance you don't realize who he is i don't know if i'd have known that was him if you hadn't told me before and all oh, he's well, wearing no. is makeup and scars yeah it's 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 similar to like yeah colin farrell had an incredible amount of prosthetics and stuff on him as the penguin but part of his disappearance into the penguin is his performance as the penguin 
And Heath Ledger is the same way. It's a much more, much less makeup and prosthetics. But if you showed me that movie and because, again, when I saw this movie, I'd only ever seen Heath Ledger in 10 Things I Hate About You and The Patriot. And it wasn't like I had like a fondness for him. I just knew who he was. You know what I mean? So like and I know and and Brokeback Mountain came out at this point, but I was I was too young to see Brokeback Mountain when it came out. So I was just barely like 15. My parents were very much hard. Like, no, you are 17. You'll see rated R movies. And even then it was still weird anyway my parents were strict so i had no predisposition for like what he looked like going into this movie so for me i only ever just saw the joker in fact it was it's the one scene in the movie where we get him without the clown makeup which by the way to this day as a batman fan blows my mind that christopher nolan had the balls to give us a makeupless Joker scene in this movie, and it's still terrifying. You Which know what I mean? Does he not have makeup on? He's it's it's in when they're doing the funeral for the commissioner. Oh yes, yes, and you're right, you're right, shooters. you're right. Yeah, it's so quick, and if you blink, you'll miss it. But the fact that they that he had the stones to say, I'm going to put the Joker in this movie and I'm going to give him a scene as the Joker, not in makeup. Is is unthinkable. If you tried to do that today and the Dark Knight had never been made, like if they tried to do that, anyone else would not have worked. But it's so quick and it's so effective and it's so terrifying to show you just how easily this man can infiltrate to where he does you think he would stand out anywhere it's like no he can still blend in he is not above getting his hands dirty and doing what needs to be done he wanted to kill the mayor yeah yeah and and the fact that like you don't notice him and then when he runs away you're like oh look now he's a joker yeah like like he you see it, it like i said it's it's blinking you'll miss it it's because re- it cuts as as soon as it gets to his face it starts cutting and everything goes because they don't want you to get too long of a look at it because it's meant to be like it's meant to make you go wait was that like yeah. it's it's oh i remember the first time i saw it in theaters i i barely caught it i blinked and i almost missed it i caught him as he's running away and i was like wait 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 so then, like the next time I saw the movie in theaters, because again it's two thousand eight, it's not streaming anywhere. I'm sitting there and I'm looking for that scene. I'm like, I know when it's coming, and I'm looking for it this time. But again, that's yeah, the rewatchability of the movie. And Dash Malshan is next to him. Yes, he is. And let's okay, let's spend a little more time talking about David S. Malshan because we talked about <laughs> it when we were talking about the performances, but it also in the story, as far as this movie goes, this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie is him with Harvey. And that first look at Harvey's inner psychosis, that inner two face that's going to come out later. It's a mm-hmm. it, it's it's like this scene. I, you watch that scene and you go, yeah, no, this is when people started to look at him and go, yo, we got to get this guy in more shit. This guy's really good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I like that scene. I like that you kind of see. I I wish earlier on we found out about the double headed coin i so that goes to my the, the other i thought you were going to say something else that goes to my other point which is i just wish we had gotten other scenes of harvey losing it yeah 
you know i like that we get this one scene and it's a good scene i wish we'd gotten at least one other scene of harvey showing that harvey might have a screw kind of loose well and this is where like look he has that two second scene in that moment with batman he has the three minute scene with batman on the roof i really i really would have loved another three some of those guys in a scene together and maybe even have him like getting angry about something you know and I think that's we where get that. we kind of get that in that first scene on the rooftop where Aaron, where Aaron Eckhart's where, where Harvey's a little pissed off about them about like a dirty cop or something. Yeah. But yeah, you, there needed to be one more scene. Cause again, we're pulling hard from the long Halloween and yeah. there was one other moment of that in the long Halloween that I think we needed. And I, I'm not sure where you would have put it, but I think it would have been another opportunity to have a show because in the first scene, it's just Harvey angry because the, because the cops fuck something up and the cops fuck something up. Let's get another scene where like Batman screws something up and Harvey starts getting more pissed off because then you get scene three, which is where it's like, well, now someone's coming after my, my girlfriend. I'm, I'm done. I will put a bullet in somebody if they come for Rachel. Yeah. So, or, or if that scene of him, in, you know, interrogating Del Shemalshan or whatever is yeah. wait. Cause no, he's already dead. Gordon's already dead at that point. Like if it was the three of them up at the top of the yeah, room, that just happened. Yeah. Like I, I that, but, and, well, and shit, it may be shit uh, earlier in the movie, instead of having Rachel be the one interrogating Lau, have it be Harvey. Cause Harvey's um, there. He's the one telling her to, to, to threaten him with a Rico case. So just have Harvey go in and just straight, like get scary with this dude. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe if and this is the, another nitpick, like the fact that nobody says anything about his new outfit is kind of weird to me. <laughs> well, remember you got to look at it. He's not wearing like a new outfit. It's his same suit. It's just burned. It's the suit. No, he no, was no, no. I meant Batman, Batman's suit, Batman's oh, suit, Batman's new suit. Oh, I mean, it is like, what it is. Look, yeah, look, I know. I, well, and we're getting into the visuals. So let's go ahead and get into the visuals of this thing uh, as, we're, as we're getting towards the end here. You know, look, we've, we, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because we've kind of harped on it a lot lately just because of the, <laughs> the month we've been having. The Batman Begins suit is great. The the suit that's introduced for the second half of the Dark Knight and the dark, and for Dark Knight Rises, it's just not a good suit. It's not a good bat suit. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good on screen. Sorry. It, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's a bad, it's a, it's a bad cowl. It's a bad suit. It's, it's just, it's not a yeah, good suit. The cowl's not very good. It's like, I think I take away the ears and the cape. There's nothing about this suit that says it's Batman. Well, and this is where it's kind of weird because the, the timing, because look, the MCU is not kicked in the full gear. You've only seen Iron Man up to this point. Yeah. And I, I, I said it's, 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 been, it's been out a month. Yeah, I think I don't know why they didn't just jump ship and give him a fully cloth outfit. That's what I don't understand. Is what? Why do we have to keep the urethane in his outfit? You know what I, I mean? I don't know. I don't understand why the suit needed to be that drastically different. I don't know why it needed to be that. Honestly, I just I feel like. 
the, because the fact, and it's kind of your point, the fact that they made him getting a new suit, like a plot point in the movie is cool. I don't mind that. Cool. I think it's cool. I'm super into it. Give me more Lucius with gadgets. I yeah. will if you tell me, Hey, I'm going to give you a scene of Lucius giving Batman more gadgets. I'm going to sit there like an excited five-year-old and watch it beginning to end with a smile on my face. Yeah. But then it's just like they use that to set up Chekhov's wrist blades. Like that's all it really ends up being for. Like it doesn't attribute to anything else. We set up this moment early in the movie where it's like, okay, the old suit is causing these problems. I'm getting hurt a lot more. Cool. Then let's have a scene where like this new suit lets him just like, wreck some shop man because they do that in the arkham knight video in the arkham knight video game the game opens up with you in a bat suit you go to take on a challenge you're like this is insane lucia sends you a brand new suit and it's clear the dialogue and the design yeah. were like inspired by the dark knight it's a better looking suit and then you get to do a mission with that suit, specifically exploiting the benefits it gives you in terms of speed, avoiding injury, that kind of thing. Once he gets his new suit, we should have gotten a montage with the new suit. Yeah. Well, because because too, like it when you watch that opening scene, he doesn't seem to be bothered by the suit. Just fine. He just got bit by a dog. Yeah. A big dog. A big dog. A big dog. But <laughs> I love yeah, that. so to me, when I look at this, all this, all this is, is like, Hey, we're going to give him a motorcycle. How do we hide that? He's, we, we need to put the stuntman in motorcycle armor. Let's redesign the costume so he can actually ride the motorcycle in the costume. That, well, that yeah. is my theory is that the, cause that's all Good this is motorcycle armor. It's, they had to change his suit so he could ride that bat pod because they made it such yeah. a weird and it's cool as hell. Like I love the bat pod. Well, and let's, let's think about one of our criticisms for Batman begins, which was like some of the fight edit, some of the shooting for the fight scenes was not good. It was very close up because the suit didn't look good in the fight. It just, yeah. it didn't look good. And so they were like, well, we've got him training to do all this fighting, but he can't do any of it because the suit. So we need to give him a suit so we can have better fight sequences on screen. And does the suit help for that? absolutely it does but you still didn't show the fight but you, but you didn't make a point of showing it yeah. you're just like he gets a new suit and then and and ultimately what i think it comes down to is kind of the same problem they had with batman begins was once they shot them on camera they realized oh man this suit doesn't actually look that good yeah see Crap. i like <laughs> As much as you can't see what's going on, I do love that moment in the club when Maroney's like, go handle that. And he oh, just, when he shows up and just wrecking dudes. And then he just jumps up on the table and picks him up. And you're like, yeah, I think you're leaving, bro. That she, there should have been a different version of that scene after he gets his new suit. Yeah. Because then that scene that happens later after Gordon gets shot is can be a callback to that first one of like, oh, no, not again. Kind of yeah. like how they do in the Batman where he keeps going to the iceberg lounge and it's different versions of the twins popping up at the door. Yeah. Could have been a take on that because then it's like, because then you get a scene of him showing him. Yeah, it's a crowded mobsters club and he's just tossing dudes over railings because he's got the new suit and he can move around more. Yeah. But no, I, I, yeah, it's, it is, that is my biggest thing. I don't understand why you didn't just give him a cloth suit. And especially because this is what, 2008? Yeah. And well, Winter Soldier is 2014. So there is a yeah. big gap between because the Winter Soldier suit, I've, I've said it before, the what 
Captain America, the stealth suit that Captain America wins, wears in the first half of the Winter Soldier suit is exactly what Batman needs to be wearing as his outfit. Yeah, which is and it's 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 which is the inspiration is clearly what they used for well because it comes because because it comes out before BVS. It's very evident they learned that lesson for Ben Affleck's bat suit, where it's like no, let's give him something that's like yeah, he's big and bulky and it's got a layer of armor, but it's a suit. It's not a a Lego kit. Yeah, you know, same thing with 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 Battenson. His is his is very practical that can be taken apart and hidden inside a backpack. So yeah, br- br- the 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 dark the the version the V two the the dark Batman suit two for the Dark Knight looks like it would take about forty five minutes to put on. You look like you would need to have a squire like in Game of Thrones yeah. that helps the old knights take their armor on and off. Yeah. So w- which hey look we got Heath Ledger. So who who played his squire in a Knight's Tale? Who was that? Alan Tudyk. Yeah. So we'll just get Alan Tudyk in the Dark Knight, and he can be he can be he can be Robin, and Robin is just Batman squire. That's well, and that's. Good. But at the same time, like I still, I still would have liked to seen him in this suit if he can move so much in it. Let him be in it, doing the detective stuff. Make me like it. Make me like it. Give me, show me why I should like this suit. You know, besides riding the cool, the really cool motorcycle. Well, let's talk about that really cool motorcycle for a second here. Because look, I know I know the tumbler is your favorite. It is. When it got hit, cried a little. When it gets hit with a bazooka in this movie, I get so excited for two reasons. One of those (laughs) reasons is the tumbler's dead. The other reason is because then we get the bat pod and the bat pod is wicked cool <laughs> to me. The bat pod is the perfect vehicle for this iteration of Batman. Yeah, because I feel like both the tumbler and the whatever that dumb thing Bat-wing is in the Dark Knight thing. Rises, the bat, those two vehicles, I feel like are far too comic booky for what this version of batman is you know what i mean this I is a version that. of batman that's supposed to be kind of that's supposed to be grounded in reality for better or for worse and i think the tumbler and the bat take me out of that i think the bat pod is the right blend of comic book silliness but also real world tech that works just better for the tone of this batman yeah i like logistics of it being the escape pod for the, the tumbler sure well, Sure. Again, again, it's one of those that's 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 straight out of a Batman comic book. Doesn't work in live action, but I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I think my my big thing is. I would be more accepting of him continuing to use the bat pod, except more tumblers show up in the next movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just. That takes well, well, because because here's the thing too is because when you look at what the bat pod can do, and we see we because we see him use it in, in in the Dark Knight Rises as well, where it's like he can ride that thing up the cable supports of a of a suspension bridge. Why does he need the bat? Why does he need the tumbler? Why does he need the bat? I mean, the police cars can't do that. Yeah. That's why when they stop him on the bridge, I'm like, why does he get in the bat? Why why does he need to just just ride the suspension bridge? You'll be fine. They can't catch you up there. Yeah. Also, if you know, when we talk about like Batman Forever, where the Batmobile drives up the side of a building. I don't buy that for a second. The amount of ca- the, the, the kind of pres- winch you would need to pull that off at that speed is insane. I a thousand percent believe that this bat pod could fire a grappling and ride up the side of a building for him to escape. He wouldn't need the bat wing or the yeah. tumbler. Yeah, no, it's a cool vehicle. Uh, that is my only thing. I just like, like, 
especially with the gap. Anyway, we're not supposed to talk about the sequel, but yeah, I think I would have, I think having the Tumblr be the image from the last moment of the movie would have been cool in my opinion, but I get why. Or there's none of the, like he doesn't do barely any gliding in this movie. So for him to jump off the, he does in China, he glides down to Uh, infiltrate the building. But I would have I, loved I wish, it. Like, I wish that scene was lit better. I wish that scene wasn't at night. It's hard to see. It's hard to see. Again, I know that because I know we've been harping on like, I wish that we'd had a cool montage scene of him breaking in the new suit. And I know that's what that scene is supposed to be, but you can't see anything and he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't do anything beyond what he was doing in the, the previous yeah. scene in the other suit. But with the tum, you know, staying with the tumbler too, you know, we talked we we talked about how in in previous movies, we, whenever the Batmobile was driving, it's like that that Batmobile is doing less than the speed limit. Like that Batmobile is not going very fast. The Batpod's going fast. It looks like it is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is go. It looks like it's going pretty freaking fast. And I know. Yeah. And again, they built an actual working Batpod, and that is one of the things you can watch on the DVD. Is like like them taking it out for test drives. It's like, yeah, no, that thing goes fast. <laughs> yeah. See, the, this is something. Okay. So, you know, when he's standing on the side of the building yeah, and his cape is folded up in a different fashion on his back. Mm-hmm. It's like that a was backpack de- or something like yeah, that. Yeah. That was designed because they didn't think he could ride on the bat pod with the cape. Oh, and then they realize smart. that when he's riding the, the bat pod, the wind keeps the cape out of the wheel. So they just didn't yeah. use it. Yeah, well, it had it had wheel, they had like good enough wheel guards too. So yeah, but that's why I was like, give me that explanation. Yeah, where was that? Like, just or that that's what's on his back because it. Yeah. But at the same time, the fact that Christian Bale actually stood on the edge of that building, <sighs> look, safety cables, whatever. Still, yeah. that no, man's yeah. crazy. You could tell me you've got a nineteen point safety harness for me. I'm not doing it. No, kiss my ass. Absolutely not. No, because then all because no, no, because then it's going to turn. Ah, man, if only he'd had one more point on that save. If only it had been a 20 point safety harness, he would have been fine. Uh, Oh, the the number we watched that motorcycle stunt video from Mission Impossible. Absolutely not. I watched that and I crapped my pants. And and, and I'm just like, Ryan's like, who does that? And I looked, I went, I'd have have done it. And she goes, Yeah, yeah, you (sighs) would (laughs) have. You're insane. Well, you know, while we're talking about the bad pod and we're talking about visuals, let's talk about let's talk about the truck flip. Man, they flipped that. They flipped an eighteen wheeler. That is real. That uh, people again. That is a real effect. That is not CGI. That is not a miniature. They flipped an eighteen wheeler. Let, let's get into the amazingness of this movie. In that Christopher, <sighs> no, look, this is something depending on how deep you are into filmmaking. So more often than not, there's what's called either a second unit director or in China, they call them action directors Yes, and somebody else films a lot of the action sequences because the director doesn't need to be there. And more often than not, the actors aren't there. Yeah. It's, this is, all these, these are, these are specific professionals. Christopher Nolan does not use that. He is behind the camera and all of his movies all the time. There's only two moments that yes. I'm aware of that are in this movie. And I think in any of his movies that he's not behind the camera. And that's the two Joker filming things. I was about to say, yes, yeah. yes. But for the most part, like he's there for every shot. So him crafting, I respect that about him, by the way, that he's like, no, if we're going to do something like this, 
I don't want to be, I don't want to have any leeway for someone to be like, oh, it wasn't Christopher Nolan. It was the action director. It's just like, no, I was there. If we're doing something like this, I'm going to be there. I, I think that is a testament to how good of a schedule he has. Because also, more yes. often than not, you do that because you can't have the director be there while you take four days to set up a single car jump. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, you're shooting those while they're off shooting the scene that's going to win them an Oscar. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, it, it's cool in that he creates these amazing moments, these amazing shots. I mean, that's why there's so much time between the movies. That's why it takes four years for That's why by the time we get to the third movie in this trilogy, the Avengers has come out. Yeah. Like that's why there's that takes that long because it's, he's, he is planning out that schedule so yeah. that he can be involved. But I also think that like, I cannot believe he didn't get a best director nod. That is a crime beyond crime. The, the, you, oh, oh, this movie. I mean, like, yes, Ledger winning is great, but the fact that that's the only Oscar for this movie. I mean, they literally make fun of it. So, so this is so the Oscars in question we're talking about is one of my favorite opening numbers to ever happen at an Oscars. It was hosted by Hugh Jackman, and it was in the middle of a big. You know, the economy was tanking at this point. Like the recession was in full swing. And they basically did like the cheapest opening number. Like literally the bit was that the joke was that Hugh Jackman paid for it out of pocket off people he hired on Craigslist. So like <laughs> all the sets are made out of like pizza boxes and shit. And literally the first like bit in the opening number is him sitting on a pizza box bat pod basically saying, how come comic book movies never get nominated? The Dark Knight one made a billion dollars. How is that? How is that unsophisticated? Literally everyone saw this movie. How has it not been nominated for anything else? But then also remember the Dark Knight is the movie that gets them gets the Oscars to change the rules. Correct. Because what it turned out had happened was at this point in film history, there were only ever five nominees for Best Picture. Nowadays, there are 10. The Dark Knight is why there are 10, because the Dark Knight, mathematically, was number six. It was the sixth most voted for for Best Picture. And so because they only did five that year, it was the following Oscars, when it was too late for the Dark Knight, that they changed the rules to now we're going to allow up to 10 movies. And, uh, and let's not, I'm going to be this way because I'm this petty. These yeah. are the five movies that were nominated over nominated. the Dark Knight. Yeah. Michael Clayton, no comment, never saw it. Atonement, same. No Country for Old Men, boring mm -hmm. as crap. What? I said it. There Will Be Blood. Fantastic movie. Sh sh I mean, sure. Shut up. Like this things. is the one. Like things. The, look. Like things. We'll talk about it later. But let's talk about what wins. Well, no, I'm going to say this. Juno yeah. is on this list. You're telling me Juno is a better, better movie. movie than The Dark Knight. Yeah. I know. And don't get me wrong. I love Juno. It's love a good movie. movie. It's a great movie. movie. Fantastic movie. Sparked a huge career for Elliot Page and Michael Sarah. J.K. Simmons is so good. It's a great movie. Can't recommend it enough. You're telling me yeah. it's a better movie than The Dark Knight? <laughs> You're right. Most of these movies aren't. Look, <laughs> No Country for Old Men is very well acted, very well directed. I don't particularly care for the movie. Wow. I love that movie. There Will Be Blood. It's amazing. 
again, this is one of those movies where I'm like, man, that is an outstanding performance. I don't ever want to watch this movie again. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how Juno. I don't know. That's well, insane. keep in mind, you got to remember it's the Oscars. They vote for each other. They vote for themselves. So. I guess that's just stupid. But anyway, 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 yes, you're. But also, again, we also, again, we have to remember the fact that Heath Ledger was even nominated was like was was world changing. Yes. Somebody being nominated for an acting category for an acting performance in a comic book movie is unheard of in 2008. Unheard of. It was controversial. People were pissed off. He got nominated. Yeah, that makes no people sense. were livid. He got nominated because they were like, it's a comic book movie. Somebody got nominated for being in a Batman movie. So it's not that it, it, it it's it's hard. To, it's hard to put it. So let me I'll say it like this. It's easy to say in retrospect that it's bullshit. The movie didn't get more nominations than it did. When you consider the world the movie was living in at the time, honestly, we're lucky that Heath Ledger even got nominated. I mean, had he he not passed, I don't know if it happens, to be honest. And I I have made that exact argument every day of my life ever since. If I and I stand by this statement. If Heath Ledger doesn't die, he doesn't get nominated, the movie doesn't make a billion dollars. And the comic book boom never. I no, no. I am saying this with every fiber of my being is true. The comic book boom does not fully take off if the Dark Knight does not succeed as well as it does alongside Iron Man, because otherwise you just have Iron Man, and Iron Man wasn't a big enough success on its own to really kickstart the MCU and the comic book movie boom. The Dark Knight does not succeed the way it does without Heath Ledger dying. I don't know if I agree, but I also don't know if I can. I can't. I don't have a strong enough argument to to go I will, against you. I will die on that sword. Fight me on. <laughs> fight. And listen, I am not saying I'm glad Heath Ledger's dead by no. any stretch of the imagination. I am just simply pro- f- philosophizing. Yeah. That had Heath Ledger lived. The movie would have the Dark Knight would have still been the masterpiece that it is, but it may not be. But it would not have it would not have been as successful. Would not have pulled the attention of outside viewers like it did. Would not have had the buzz that it did, and therefore the Dark Knight would not have contributed as heavily to the boom in superhero popularity in film and TV that it did. Well, and and I, I think will, that's. A, I, I will clip this out and put it on Twitter. That is, I am standing by that. I, I, I don't know, but I, at the same time, it's it's like back when they, with the crow happened, like the crow did very well. Would it have done as well if it was, if it wasn't Brandon Lee's last movie? Exactly. Exactly. So there's a band right now that's getting very popular that I like a lot, named Vended. They're a very great heavy metal band. Two of the guys in the band are the sons of two of the guys in Slipknot. Mm. So are they now, are they selling out massive arenas? No, they're just, they're just, you know, booking gigs. Would they be, would they be, have the means to do some of the things they're doing without 
being the sons of multimillionaire rock stars? Probably not. But also, if you have the opportunity, take the opportunity. I'm not knocking it in any stretch of the imagination. Oh, yeah. So so that's where it's at. It's like, I'm not glad that Heath Ledger's dead, but I do ultimately believe it was the first domino to fall to really... Do I think the superhero boom would have happened? Yes, but I don't think it would have been on the scale that it is today, or at least it would have taken a lot longer to get there. It's like, I'll put it to you like this. Lady Gaga. Follow me here. (laughs) Lady Gaga was performing for years just under her own name, writing the kind of music that she just kind of wanted to make. It was very soulful. it It was very good. I do believe she would have become a massive star. It would have taken a longer time to get there. She would have had a very successful career, would have taken her a long time to get there. Does Lady Gaga thing. She gets, becomes a a sensation. Now she has the means and the opportunity to go back and say, now I'm going to make the kind of music I wanted to make all along. Not so much like the paparazzi song and shit like that. Not that I'm saying like she's ashamed of those, but it's like now she's got the means to do because that's what we we talk about with like John Favreau doing crap like that Lion King remake. Yeah, but he did that so that then he could go do the Mandalorian season two. So, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know because it's not like it booms exponentially, but I at the same time, like I can't I don't know I don't if I know, can man. really stand <laughs> against you on this, but I think that's I mean, a discussion for a different just, episode. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, let us know on Twitter if you think I'm way out of line, but I just, I don't know. As far as the rest of the visuals go, man, I mean, you know, we, we, we were missing. We didn't talk about like, you know, the use of IMAX with this movie and, and, and just some of the sweeping skyline shots of the city of Chicago are truly breathtaking. This is a visual movie I could watch all day long, just just for the visuals alone. It is beautiful, and I got to see it at IMAX. It was outstanding. I that that whole opening sequence of Joker's first heist, Mm. or that Joker heist robbing the bank, is incredible. I think that there's it's it is an amazing film. Mm -hmm. You know, we nitpicked the crap out of it earlier, but it is an amazing film. And I think, you know, in the next episode we get into a little more of of some of the you know other breakdowns. I, I think look i'll even say it this way even Zack snyder Zack snyder makes an amazing movie amazing visual movie i don't think he gets the job because you know man of steel kind of comes out of david goyer and christopher nolan i don't think Zack snyder gets gets the job if he's not on the same scale of visuals as christopher nolan is no and i think and i think that's why christopher nolan stays attached as an ep to a lot to, to most of if not all of the snyderverse because it's very clear that they were pulling from from an insp- that they were pulling from Zack Snyder's visual style, which was very much in line with Christopher Nolan's. Yeah, but listen, I, I I don't know what else we could bring up. I really don't know, and this is why we're splitting this into two episodes, guys, is because just in terms of talking about what we actually see on screen alone, I mean, it's this movie is truly a wildly breathtaking masterclass in filmmaking from from an adaptation standpoint from a comic book filmmaking in general yes there are tiny little nitpicky things that we can go on and on about because that's what we do because we're miserable and we're frustrated (laughs) with our own lack of creativity does not change the fact that this movie made over a billion dollars and and damn it if it didn't deserve it 
did it deserve more recognition than it got from from a from a accolade standpoint yes but also for the time that it came out we're lucky that it got that it what it did so i'm it, it, I, I say this a lot on this show but what a, what a world we get to live in where this movie oh, yeah. exists and we're so lucky we always want to know what you guys think about our opinions or about things we're talking about what did you guys think of the visuals the performances the story of the dark knight and what do you what are your some things you want us to talk about for part two from a technical behind the scenes production standpoint please let us know follow us on twitter at we are the batman you can find me on twitter at mr mike shea you can find me at mr j ninja and by the time this airs the kickstarter for black cobra number one which was mainly written by me will have started so Please go check it out, follow it, support if you can. And sometimes support is just sharing and letting people know it's out there. Doesn't mean you got to buy anything. But uh, yeah, and you can also find me on Twitter at Mr. J Ninja. We got links to Black Cobra stuff down below in the description. Check that out, guys. That's going to do it for this week on We Are the Batman. We'll see you guys next week for part two of our breakdown of the Dark Knight here. Same bad time, same bad podcast channel. Bye bye.